Radio. Jesus says, There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one repentant sinner than over 99 virtuous men who have no need of repentance. What does Jesus mean when he says that? I think there's two sides to it. One is an insight into the heart of the Father, God's merciful heart. Because the truth is that here is an emphasis, an emphasis on the rejoicing that takes place in heaven when someone turns back to God. And conversion is actually a huge miracle. It's a much more profound miracle even than just a physical healing because in conversion, a soul comes back to God. A soul turns away from heaven, away from hell, towards heaven. And of course, very often we see that in Jesus' miracles, these two things go together. Healing, physical healing, and the forgiveness of sins. So heaven rejoices at God's amazing mercy. God's amazing love that rescues us from sin and evil. It's like the merciful father says in the parable, a miracle of the dead coming back to life, of the lost being found. But on another level also, isn't it odd what Jesus says about the 99 virtuous men? There's more rejoicing in heaven over one repentant sinner than over 99 virtuous men who have no need of repentance. We could ask ourselves the question, what virtuous man, what virtuous person has no need of repentance? And of course the answer is none of them. Everybody, every single man and woman in this world has need of repentance. So I think Jesus is directing us here towards the appearance of virtue. The elder son in the famous prodigal prodigal son parable could be an image of this kind of appearance of virtue. What does the elder son say? He says, look, all these years I have slaved for you and never once disobeyed your orders. Yet you never offered me so much as a kid for me to celebrate with my friends. You see what lies behind those words of the older son. I've done everything you asked of me. I've followed your orders. I've kept the law. I've been to mass every Sunday. It's a box ticking exercise. It's a legalism. And he only thinks about the reward for his obedience, thinking of what the father's never given him, and envious and jealous of the way he behaves with his younger son, the one who he calls your son and not his brother. So the appearance of virtue is a dangerous thing because if we think we have no need of repentance, 
then what progress can God make with us? The Pharisees and the scribes are the ones who think like that. They think they're okay, they think they're in a position of strength, and yet, paradoxically, that's actually a position of severe weakness, a position of spiritual danger, because they are blind to their sin, blind to the need for repentance. And so actually, the younger son in that parable is the one who receives a great grace because he sees his poverty. Even though he's made some awful decisions, he comes to his senses, the scriptures say, and he realizes that he's dying of hunger. He's dying of hunger. There's no satisfying food where he is. There's nothing satisfying about sin. There's nothing satisfying about walking away from our Heavenly Father. And the grace is that he recognizes his sin and goes back to the Father. Now, when we reflect on ourselves, do we come back to the Father? Do we come and receive his forgiveness for our sins? Do we use the sacrament of confession? Because it's well known, you know, priests will tell you all over the diocese, there's often not a cue for confession. And people get into bad habits of not going for years. And yet every week they'll come up and receive Holy Communion as if everything's okay. So the question is, can we also turn into box tickers? Or are we actually turning back to the Father? And if we are conscious that we're somewhat a box ticker, then we need to meet the real Jesus. Because when you've met the real Jesus, then you run to receive his forgiveness. Once you encounter his love, you recognize your need of mercy. The Lord gives us so many wonderful descriptions of the depths of his mercy in the scriptures. And he does that, I think, so we would never doubt the availability of his mercy. The fact that he wants to pour it out on us all the time. St. Paul says to Timothy beautifully, Here is a saying that you can rely on and nobody should doubt that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I myself am the greatest of them. And if mercy has been shown to me, it is because Jesus Christ meant to make me the greatest evidence of his inexhaustible patience for all the other people who would later have to trust in him to come to eternal life. St. Paul himself is an example of God's inexhaustible patience and his inexhaustible mercy. And we are those other people, the other people who have to trust in the Father to come to eternal life, who have to trust in his mercy. And it's worth recognizing that reconciliation is a form of healing. It's one of the sacraments of healing 
as it's uh, labelled by the church. And sometimes there can be a relationship between certain kinds of suffering in our lives and our refusal to acknowledge sin, our refusal to go to confession. And we sometimes see this connection in Jesus' ministry where people have even a profound physical condition, a paralysis. And Jesus says to them, your sins are forgiven. It's as if there's a connection between sometimes at least the suffering and the lack of reconciliation. So that means that a very healthy practice when we're asking for ourselves for physical or psychological healing is to ask the question, are we fully reconciled to God? Is there a sin that we're holding back from him? Is there a sin that we know we haven't brought to confession? Because there are so many amazing stories of healings received through receiving that sacrament. And that's because that sacrament, like all sacraments, is an encounter with the person of Jesus. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the one who transforms, who sets free. So let's ask for the grace to not be one of those 99 self-proclaimed virtuous people, but listed among those who are repentant sinners, because we will be the ones that the Good Shepherd lifts up onto his shoulders and carries into heaven. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.